coming up on September 16th. John Denver's people are going to reissue the song as a single and reissue the album. It's going to come out on blue vinyl. The song was released September 15th, 1972, John Denver's first top 10 album. And that song officially recognized as the second state song in Colorado in 2007. Also, Colorado Governor's Jared Polis recently confirmed that the Mountain Lion Trail in Golden Gate near Canyon State Park will be renamed Rocky Mountain High Trail. Kind of an interesting album because you had Rocky Mountain High, which wasn't necessarily considered that country at the time. And then uh, did a Beatles song, Mother Nature's Son. And then on the backside, he had what he called his season suite, summer, fall, winter, late winter, early spring, with some instrumental stuff in there, just short little ditties. But if you are a John Denver fan and you're into the vinyl, that is coming out. Well, folks, I've been going to concerts for a long time, and I learned something in Bozeman on Saturday. The tailgate goes all damn day. You got it? (laughs) I'm out there working in the yard and hauling some dead trees to the burn pile, and I get my first text at about 11.15 from Bob Schneider. He says, you going to stop by for a cold one? Well, yeah, after I take a shower and drive there, I guess. (laughs) And, uh... Knew a bunch of people when I was walking through up there. And the most common question that I got, when are you guys going to retire? And I said, we don't know. But trust me, we're working on it. Trying to stay longer. As soon as we know, we'll let you know. Uh, you can buy a parking spot to tailgate for 35 bucks up there, which I didn't know. And uh, there's also camping spots. I knew some people that had RVs that uh, went up. And that way you got a headquarters. And apparently, uh, all the performers were there most of the day, too. Pulled the buses in early, and they talked about watching everybody walk into the concert. 24,000 screaming fans. I would love to know the dollar figure from beer. Uh, from what I was told, beers were 10 bucks, and there was nothing but a long line the entire night. Don't care. God dang gas, so... <laughs> Criminals at the gas pump. (laughs) Oh, funny. What beautiful night, about 82 degrees when Carly Pierce kicked off and then just got more comfortable and more comfortable. And this was the concert. A lot of times when you have a couple of headliners, people don't really care who they are and they'll just show up about the time the headliner comes on. But most of the stadium was full from early on for this. Everybody wanted to see everybody. Who was the opener? Carly Pierce. Oh. Oh. She's awesome. Yeah. She is awesome. She's got a great voice. Well, here's here's the problem. In fact, let me get a rock song to demonstrate how it works. Oh. 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 (laughs) Okay. Well, one of my only complaints about the entire concert would have been that you couldn't really hear Carly Pierce's voice Uh, because, you know, the way it builds at a concert, the opening act you're about here. Okay. And later on, when the second act comes out, you get up a little bit. And then when your headliner comes out, that's when you get your volume. Yeah. Yeah. But she was, uh, she was good. Uh, she is the reigning ACM and CMA female vocalist of the year. She's 29. And uh, I liked what she, what she said. She said, two years ago, I was cleaning Airbnbs trying, trying to get a hit. 
and uh, had a big hit with Lee Bryson. Hope you're happy now. And she sang that. It was funny later, though. Uh, Kenny Chesney talks about how much he loves who he's, who he's touring with. And he said, uh, we're going to do uh, You and Tequila. And Grace Potter sang it with him on the hit. He goes, but that's why I like touring with, uh, with his next gal. Let's bring Carly Pierce out. And everybody lost their minds. I thought, well, who in the hell did you think it was going to be? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a surprise. She came back. <laughs> did they have um, video screens so you could see them? Yeah, I figured they would. Well, Otherwise, I mean, was he in the middle of the field? No. Down on the end. Yep, down on the end. Well, and that was something else. The uh, the first holy two cow! If you were down at the other end zone, yeah. No, no, I wasn't. I was. I was about the fifty yard. Yeah, line. but I mean, if if you happen to be sitting down at the other end zone, yeah. Why? Okay, you can kind of see. See here. There's there's uh, oh, the, yeah. the screen behind the band, and mm-hmm. then big ones on either side. And on top on that one where it says Old Dominion, yeah. When Kenny Chesney came out, that came down. That was another screen. Mm-hmm. And that screen could be split into four different images. So being able to see the show, not the problem. Wow. A lot of people there. Boy. Yeah. Hold on. I took one just for you. Man, and I was all by myself. I like events, and, but I mean, it's just... Uh... He's doing a ballad. Everybody got their phones out and turned the lights on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I said, I got to show this to Paul. Oh. <laughs> Love you more. Uh, you know what? I'm like you. Um, well, he started before sundown. Yeah. yeah they What's got a, the song he sings about when the sun goes when down? When the sun goes down. Yeah. Loop, he, him and Uncle Cracker. Yeah. Did uh, he sing that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they moved it right along. Uh, Carly Pierce came out right at 7, and she did about 40 minutes, and then as quick as they could get, I don't think it took 15 minutes to get Old Dominion out. Oh, they were there too. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I'm a bigger fan of all three acts now that I've seen them. Yeah, that that was really that, that was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know, and uh, well, and and I like Old Dominion. How long they probably played a little longer than Carly Pierce? Almost an hour. Yeah. <clears throat> so that gets you to nine o'clock. Yeah. No. Uh, I guess I, well, I wasn't watching when Kenny yeah. came out. I I left. He played. He must have come out close to nine, a little before. I left at ten, and he played till ten thirty. Is what I was told. So mm, mm. saw most of what I wanted to see and beat yeah. the traffic and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Hell, you ought to go to concerts with my sister. <laughs> She's the same way, Mark. Go to the Reds game. It's bottom of the fifth. All right, let's go. We can we can beat the traffic, get out of here, get mm-hmm. home, get you know, get into bed in a decent hour, and and you know, if if I had taken a date, I would have stayed whatever they want to do, but it's like, well, and also I didn't stay over. So I just want to get home and I slept in Saturday morning. I slept till like six. Mm-hmm. So it felt pretty good and got home about 1230. My body's still trying to figure out that little shift in hours. Yeah. It's not bad. I've, I've flown in the Bozeman, landed up there at 1130 night. I drive home. I'd, I'd rather not drive that late, but it's not going to kill you. You can do yeah. it. Yeah. I do have... I'll have to set a reminder in my phone. Uh, looking at the uh, the attire of the teens and the twenty-something gals up there, everything is Daisy Dukes or short skirts, 
mm-hmm. with the tightest possible crop top. I'm looking for a, a rather large baby boom in the Bozeman area about April 7th. <laughs> You're not going out like that. What are you thinking? Put some clothes on. Now it's summer. Summertime. You know, no different than going to a beach. No. But it was fun to see it so festive and everybody having a good time. And, and Kenny Chesney has come a long way as, as an entertainer. I don't know how many years ago he was at Metra, but, uh, you know, he's kind of a naturally shy guy. And uh, for this deal, he's just, he was all personality and introduced everybody in the band, introduced the setup crew, the people backstage. And I've got to look into this for my next job. Uh, do you remember Dean and Tina Shock that went to Mexico with us a long time ago? Uh, I probably would if I saw them. Okay. Well, I ran into their tailgate, and uh, among the many cool things they have, they have a pull start gas blender, so you can make margaritas in the parking lot. And uh, now I remember them. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember them. Uh, they got interviewed by Kizzy and Tommy. Uh, Kizzy and Tommy do No Shoes Nation Radio, and from what I understand, that's their job. They go to Kenny Chesney concerts and talk about it. That's their job. Mm. That's a good gig, but uh, couldn't have had a better night for the weather. Place was full, and now, for the first time in a very long time, I don't have any concert tickets. He has. He doesn't have any concert tickets yet. Yeah, yet. No, I'm kind of like you. I don't know as I'll go to another another stadium event. There are just so many people. Yeah, you will. You will. It'll have to be the right one. Shell Crow at Dennis Washington Stadium. Different deal. We're soulmates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that isn't a different deal. It's a different deal. Did, did not make it to Homesteader Days Friday, but uh, the pictures and the posts and everything I saw, nothing but nice things to say about Billy Dean and Joe Nichols. Great shows. Don't know what the numbers were, but the pictures look like they did pretty well. And if you went to that one, uh, didn't take you two hours to drive home. No. Uh, you could get up close. Beers weren't $10. Right. Nice evening, same thing. Um, so, something for everybody this weekend. That's right. Yep, something for everybody. I'm hanging, so that's that was my weekend. And uh, pretty enjoyable sitting out there. I'd get started early in the morning. I love early mornings to work. It's cool. It's quiet. Well, it's quiet anyway. But uh, it's just uh, nice. No activity anywhere. Well, it's one of the best parts about living where you live and doing what you do out there. Mm-hmm. Even the animals. What the hell is this guy doing starting this early for? <laughs> it's Saturday. We're supposed to sleep on Saturdays. I do. The dog gets me up and have coffee and go out, water the flowers and stuff like that. And I, yeah, hell, I might as well get going. The hell else am I going to do? Right. You know? So. Well, and, you know, not that you're not motivated anyway, but. You only have to run out of hay one time. (laughs) I don't mind getting up a little early, starting a little earlier. That's right. Trying to do everything we can that makes sense. Um, You know, and it's it's not all that great either. And and 
part yeah you know, it's it's look it's better than feeding a snowbank but the problem in our country at least i don't know about you folks but it was so cold and so cool for so long and it you know you got to remember folks it was dry in the early part of the spring it was dry things were hurting things were stressed a little bit and uh, sure it turned differently but uh it came late uh, a lot of the stuff droughted out from last year and so uh look we're we're taking it we're knocking down every stick we can find out there but right. uh it's not going to be a banner year for hay that's for sure we're probably going to end up getting enough to get through the year um and pray for next year yeah that we have a great year next year so I'm going to reseed some fields and things next uh, spring, maybe late in the fall if I get around to it. I've already made my mind up on that. And, um, and folks, I'm going to. Once that mind is made up, <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. Hmm. <laughs> so saith the Paul. Yeah. But um, and you know, you know, and I. Uh, I've given up trying to explain to people this. In Montana, we are never wet. We're never wet. No. We never have a wet year in Montana. We never do. We've never had a wet year. Never. Well, I take that back. 1993, um, I think it was 93, we had... uh, we had about eight inches of rain between the 4th of July and the end of August. I remember getting trucks and the combines stuck in the field. That's rare. Th- that was wet. Other than that, we're never wet. Well, gosh, isn't it great to have a wet year? We're not <laughs> We're not freaking wet. We're not wet. Look, look at the total precept for the year, folks. Look at the total in Montana. Here we are in the seventh month of the year there's only five months left and what have we had eight inches of precipitation eight to nine over seven months this entire landscape countryside has had about seven to nine inches of precipitation that is not wet by no means is that wet is it above average for rainfall for the year and precip, yes, but it's not wet. Right. The only way we could ever be wet is if we start getting into those 20 to 35 inch totals for rain. Then you're going to have, then it's going to be wet. Yep. All right. Just because the mountains have snow in them, that doesn't mean we're wet. That means the mountains have snow in them. <laughs> That's what it means. And I've tried to explain this to dumb weathermen. I've tried to explain it to dumb news people over and over again. We're not wet. People water their grass all week long. They water their flowers. Their sprinklers are on. All week. People don't run sprinklers and water lawns and water trees and flowers when you're wet. No. We are not wet. We're not a wet climate. Never have been a wet climate. But what a contrast a year makes. I mean, right now it's it's still green 
And here we are. uh, Today's the 11th of July. Last year on the 11th of July, we were fighting fires. We were doing, in fact, on, uh, I came into town Saturday and uh, was going home Saturday night and I'm zooming down to Roundup Highway and it's dark. It's about quarter to 10 or so right in there. And uh, there's a guy in front of me in an old pickup pulling a trailer with a uh, a homemade trailer out of the old pickup beds mm-hmm. that they make. And the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour. It came up. Did the wind blow in Bozeman Saturday night? Uh, a little tiny bit at the start. Oh, well, you're lucky. Uh, because the wind came up here in Billings and blew 30 to 40 miles an hour starting about 8 o'clock. Well, we had a severe thunderstorm warning for the county up there, but it, everything went quite a bit north of Bozeman. And uh, so the wind's blowing like crazy, and I get behind this guy, and he's dragging a chain or something uh. on that trailer and mark the sparks. It was like somebody was grinding a piece of angle iron. So I, I zoom up. I get behind him. I'm flashing my brights on and off, on and off, and on and off, and this guy won't pull over. And I'm thinking, this place is going to look like Pearl Harbor in a minute. Because uh, it happened about four or five years ago. When that Remember when that guy lit those fires starting at independent school all the way up? Yeah, several fires. Yeah, like five or six. Yeah. And um, so, okay. So I pull up on the side of him. And I'm, I'm telling him to pull over and stuff. And uh, I finally, I went by my turnoff up over the top of the hill. And I got him pulled over up there. And, and uh, hey, loser. <laughs> you're uh you're dragging stuff and you're gonna set the whole country on oh i just bought this trailer we just bought this and there was all kinds of crap hanging off the bottom of that thing wiring and stuff and he was dragging this thing and i he's lucky if it wouldn't have been as green as it would was on the side of the road he would have started the fires because yeah. i'm watching the sparks and the wind 30 mile an hour it's just taking them right into the ditch but by the end of the week, folks, uh, you're going to know we're not we're not wet. Driving to Bozeman Saturday, you can already see the hills turning. Yeah, you know, a couple of 95 degree days, mm-hmm. and that green turns to brown pretty quick. You know, you know, we're not going to be wet by the end of the week. Nineties um, all week. We're going to have a hundred on Wednesday. So uh, four or five days of nineties. I got to I'm going to have to tear my condenser out of my well i'm not gonna have to tear it out but i'm gonna have to clean it out i'm not getting enough cfms out of my ac and it's cold but i'm not getting the air and i I know it's plugged in there so i gotta clean that out god only knows what that's gonna be like probably take the seat out of the tractor (laughs) (laughs) but i'm i'm getting by with it as long as i can but a hundred gotta have it may have to pick something else that day uh, swath some more stuff or something that day. Gas is down another three cents over the last week. Uh, that's 25 cents in the last three weeks now that gas is down, except for Billings. Uh, Billings has been staying steady at 284. We just have so far to go to get it there. That's the problem. Block and a half, you know, to get it to your gas station. I contend- <clears throat> I uh, filled up before I left Bozeman. And I run premium in the pickup, five sixty nine. Mm-hmm. They got a big fire burning in California, and well, not a big one, but they got a fire 
kind of burning over there on Yosemite. And uh, they're worried about the sequoia trees, a giant sequoias. So <clears throat> they set up sprinklers around all of them to try to prevent the fire from getting into the sequoia trees. Mm-hmm. Campers were evacuated. Uh, 500 mature sequoias were threatened in the famed Mariposa Grove. No reports of any severe damage to some of the trees, including Grizzly Giant, Mark. Oh, okay. Grizzly Giant is a 3,000-year-old sequoia tree. A sprinkler system was set up within the grove to keep the tree trunks moist. This is what we do now. Uh, Cause of the fire is under investigation. Temperatures expected to rise and reach 90 degrees. Giant sequoias are in 70 sequoia groves spread along the western slope of California's Sierra Nevada range. Were once considered impervious to flames, but have become increasingly vulnerable as wildfires fueled by buildup of undergrowth from a century of fire suppression now make the flames more intense. Did you hear that, folks? (laughs) Fire suppression. That's right. Fire suppression. Just exactly, exactly what happened up in Jordan five years ago when we went up there. That's right. Years and years of fire suppression kept all the undergrowth from burning, and then you have the right combination at the right time, and voila. See, folks, let me tell you something. Old Grizzly is 3,000 years old, that sequoia tree. What kind of fire suppression did Old Grizzly have, let's just pick a year, 421 years ago? None. None. Or 900 years ago, none. Or 1,000, none. Or 2,000, none. Or 2,865 years ago, none. When it was smaller, no fire suppression. And the sequoias survived. They survived all those fires that have raged through. So don't give me this bull crap about climate change is what's threatening them. No. You know what threatens them? Liberal policies. Yeah. No, no fires, suppression, uh, let the growth go, no cattle grazing, none of that, Can't none of that. And so what is now the main threat? Not the fire. The trees have proven they can survive fire. They've been doing it for thousands of years. Obviously. But you can't survive a Democrat. <laughs> you can't survive a Democrat in their policies. You just can't. That fire up there in Jordan, I talked to somebody about it the other day. Burned 500 square miles. Why? Years and years of fire suppression. Wilderness area up there around Fort Peck and in the breaks and all that. Can't cattle great. Got to keep the cattle out. Can't keep the grass down. They don't tramp down the underbrush. No, no. We got to keep it in its natural blah, 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 this and that. And what happens? You get a lightning strike and everything is completely ruined Mm -hmm. because we all knew better than Mother Nature, didn't we? Oh, yeah. And you know why, folks? You know where all those people went to make all those decisions, Mark? College. They all went to college. And they taught them that in college, that mankind 
needs to interfere and step in and do it better. We know how to do it better than Mother Nature. See, this planet's only survived for four and a half billion years until we got Democrats. Yeah, and you say, why Democrats? Because they're the ones that come up with all these whack job environmental policies. Mm-hmm. And it ends up costing people their homes, their lives, their acreages, their national parks, everything. Those fires used to burn all year long from the Sierra Nevadas all the way through the Rocky Mountains. Millions of acres, no suppression, survived all those years until we came along and we developed universities. And as soon as we got universities, we knew how to do it all better. We knew we could build homes up in those areas. We knew that. Mother Nature, for tens of thousands of years, knew that there should be no homes up in those areas because they burn. But we knew better. We went. We had people that went to college and... You know what? They develop flame retardant material that we can put in our homes. Well, that's great. But when the temperature is 2,500 degrees and the wind is blown 60 miles an hour and you haven't cleared any of the brush or anything around the homes, uh, doesn't work all that well. No. So now we've learned if we set up sprinkler systems around the sequoia trees, somebody from college uh, figured that out. Uh, what we need to do is set up sprinklers around them uh, to protect them. They've been protected for... The the thing we can do to protect our sequoia trees is get you the hell out of their life. That would protect them the most. And let Mother Nature take care of them the way they've always taken care of those trees. They've been able to survive so many thousands of years without you. Every time you step in... You screw it up. You mess it up. Boy, and for AP to put that in an article, folks, that's something. 70 groves throughout the Nevada range, but it become increasingly more vulnerable as the undergrowth from a century of suppression has exacerbated the intensity of the fires. Their policies but it's too late, too late to go back. I mean, it's just uh, now they're entrenched. Mm-hmm. Uh, their policies are entrenched. Everything is entrenched. Well, they've been indoctrinated for yeah. so long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Let's head a big drug bust down there in San Diego <clears throat> yesterday and uh, pulled over a truck. And they were on their way into the United States from an unsecure border from guess whose policy? <laughs> You know, and you people are welcome to argue these points. Guess whose policy that is? You know, the open border policy. Uh, Yep, you're right. Their policy, 5,000 pounds of meth in this truck. 5,000 pounds. That's two and a half tons of meth in this truck. The one they caught. Yeah, the one they caught. There's plenty that they didn't. Coming over in record amounts record amounts orgasms for everybody in washington dc today folks because a former president trump advisor is going to testify in front of the january 6th committee you know the committee where there are no counter witnesses no counter questioning no attorneys for the other side no one no republicans on there that were not handpicked by pelosi no one 
Bannon's going to testify. Oh, Bannon. And CNN has got 56,000 people watching their television station. We talked to you about that on Friday. And Mark and I have more listeners than what's watching CNN. Well, we got to make sure this is the most uh, tragic event ever in the history. We can't have this threat on our democracy. Folks, do you remember what happened in May? of 2020 you remember what happened to may when a bunch of liberal progressive democrats all got together in washington dc and they gathered outside of the white house because see this was a threat to the democracy Mm -hmm. and do you remember what happened when they were all smoking a bowl out there and got all wound up and uh breached the white house security do you remember that oh how quickly we forget Yeah, so many of them, thousands of them, breached the White House security, tearing down fences that they had to scramble President Trump and his family and his advisors down to the bunker underneath the White House and put him in a secured lockdown uh, situation where the last time that happened was during the terrorist attacks on 9-11 uh, when, when, Ch- when uh, Cheney was there and a few advisors and they were worried that the White House would be attacked. They went to the bunker. That was a threat on our democracy, folks, from these raging lunatic progressives out there that breached White House security. So much so, the attack upon the White House, they had to take him and put him down in the bunker. What a what what an excellent showing of democracy and how our system works when protesters are able to voice their concerns. No, they breached White House security and were going to attack and raid the White House. Mm-hmm. People forget about that. Forget about it, Liz. Hey, Liz. Hey, Liz. How are those poll numbers feeling, huh? How are those feeling, you traitor? She's going to get a book deal or something. And uh, so they're all in a big, uh, oh, oh, nothing's going to come from this. There's been no crimes. Nothing. This, nothing. This reminds me of, of a girl you broke up with in high school that won't get over it. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, two and a half years ago, we're done. We're over. And the main witness in the whole thing who should be called to testify won't be. And that's Nancy Pelosi because she... She's the one that denied all the security and everything. She's the one that didn't want it, and she did it for a reason, and she knew what she was doing, and they aren't going to call her. So the fiasco continues, and nobody will watch. Nobody will watch. I watched some of the uh, footage over the weekend of uh, the assassination of uh, Shinzo Abe in Japan. Tragic event. Uh, A complete breakdown by their... Uh, Secret Service over there should have never happened. Uh, No protection at all from his backside. None. Zero. Uh, Guy just walks up from behind him. No obstacles. That would never happen to uh, a U.S. president, Joe Biden, or anyone. Uh, They have have a 360-degree shell around them all the time. And uh, it didn't happen there. He was only 67. It was awful. Strictest gun rules darn near in the world. That place. Um, 
Not one law-abiding citizen has ever committed a, a crime with a gun, folks. Not one. And yet they keep going after all the law-abiding citizens in America instead of the criminals. Mm-hmm. So a crime's committed, they go after society. Another crime's committed, they go after you in society. Another one, a gun crime, a robbery, a carjacking, a thief who breaks in here and there, anything, druggies, what do they do? They go after you. They go after law-abiding citizens in society all the time. We're going to make it tougher for you. You are going to pay. You are going to be restricted. You have new rules and regulations to go through. They go after the law-abiding people all the time and never after the criminals instead of going after them. You will never get out of prison again. You are going to Mexico in one of their state-run facilities. We are sending you to Turkey or the Philippines. We're sending you back to your country. We're not going to give you a card and a phone and call you when it's time for your court appearance. Nope. They go after you. Society. They go after society. And you know why? You know where all those people went? And you know where they all took psychology and political science? You know where they all went, Mark? College? They all went to college. Yeah, they learned about it. It's because of us that they're bad people. It's your fault. Society's fault. So, damn it, you're going to be punished. You're going to pay more. You're going to pay higher taxes. You're going to pay for their care. You're going to pay for their rehabilitation, their incarceration. You're going to pay dearly. You folks are responsible for the criminal activity in this country. And they constantly, constantly go after the hardworking, everyday, normal Americans living their lives lawfully, lovingly, hardworking. They go after you every single day. Every day. Every day. Borders are open. The borders are open. Come on in. Fentanyl, meth. Hundreds of thousands of people coming in. And who do they go after? They go after you. They go after the people trying to protect their communities, their schools. We don't have room. You let them in or we're cut your funds off. They go after you, you folks, the honest, hardworking, law-abiding citizens. This is how the modern liberal progressive works. You're going to pay. You're the reason. It's your fault. I think America's has had it with that. They've had it. Same thing with coronavirus, folks. Same thing. What did they do in coronavirus? You want another example? Let me give you another example. You're a healthy, productive American, living your life the way you should. You take care of yourself. You eat your vi- you eat the right foods, vitamins. You get lots of exercise. Doing everything that you're supposed to do right. And so what do they do? They, they make you get a shot. They make you wear a mask 24-7 in order to protect all of the people out there that did not. That's right. We, they took all of the rights away from the people who did it right. You know, the 99% of you out there that had no threat from that disease at all? No threat. Zero threat. Who did the restrictions affect the most? 
you, the normal, everyday working America. In fact, you know what else they did, folks? They closed your business. They closed your restaurant. Yeah. They closed how you made a freaking living. Hundreds of thousands of restaurants went out of business in America. They went after you. Those sick people didn't have to go into that restaurant. No. They don't give a damn. They don't care. They went after you, your business, your customers, your employees. They went after you. They didn't tell the six pe- people in America, look, you have, you should by no means go out in the public until this blows over. You should stay home. You should isolate. You should wear a mask. 